Welcome, everybody, to episode 361 of the RV Podcast. We're Mike and Jennifer Wenlin, and we're broadcasting today from Michigan. We uh, have been on the road for about a month, and we're back now in Michigan, and we said it's too nice of a day to be inside. Besides, our inside is uh, the studio we use is being converted into a real studio that's all being remodeled. I'll have to do some before and after pictures and show everybody about yeah, that sometime. Yeah, you should. But um, it's just an absolutely beautiful early pre-fall day. I guess we could call it that. And uh, we are outside. We just wanted to be outside. The humidity's broken. Temperatures in the 70s. It's just great. I might need a jacket or something. I'm used to being where it's so hot you can't breathe. Well, it's delightful here. It's what uh, you think about when you think about fall. Perfect weather. Perfect weather. This episode is going to be a real treat for a lot of you. We know that many of you are thinking, thinking, maybe another word is dreaming, about becoming a full-time RVer. Usually after you retire, although a lot of people are, are doing it, uh, you know, and are working from the road. But we are going to interview a 65-year-old woman. Uh, she was a high school teacher. She sold uh, all of her sticks and bricks stuff that she had in her sticks and bricks house, bought an RV, and has launched into a full-time life now on the road as an RVer. And she's going to share a lot of interesting stuff. You know, I think there are a lot of you out there that would like to do that. And particularly a lot of women who just aren't quite sure about it, but really want to do it. So uh, this is going to be a very helpful interview. So stay with that. We're going to change up our format a little bit on the podcast. We're going to do away with our professional, it's time now for the RV podcast. Every now and then I get a complaint letter from somebody who says that's kind of cheesy. <laughs> kind of old style radio so we won't do that um, humor me though let me do at least the closing one at the end of the, the podcast uh, but we've got lots of other stuff we've got lots of rv news for you we've got uh, your questions your rv questions and uh, even a tip at the end from uh, jennifer so here it is uh, we're past labor day now the unofficial end of summer the end of the traditional summer season and for RVers uh, camping season, but the beginning of our favorite season of all. Fall, the fall colors, the fall leaves, the cool weather, uh, not usually so crowded at the campgrounds if you can get there in the middle of the week, which is good if people can do that. Yep, many of you uh, I know are uh, uh, looking forward to going to the Hershey RV show, which is still on next week. Uh, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, America's largest RV show. Um, but campgrounds across the country remain full. Lots of people want to camp. And of course, we think fall's the best time, as Jennifer says. But this RV boom, as you'll hear in the news of the week in a little bit, is showing no signs of, uh, of easing. And I don't think it's going to. Uh, people have discovered this is your place. It's clean, your things. I think they want to do this yeah uh, so lots of stuff I wanted to share one story that we just published on the blog we're always looking for alternates to traditional campgrounds which are so crowded now particularly in popular areas and we just posted a really great uh, uh, article on the blog about military campgrounds which are open to veterans uh, uh, retirees from the service uh, active military and these are awesome spots yeah and most people don't even know they're out there. They're 
great locations. Prices are, are inexpensive, relatively cheap, and yeah. uh, it's something that if you're a military person, take advantage of it. One of the things we did with that uh, article is we took all the different military campgrounds we talk about in the article and we put them on this new RV lifestyle interactive map that we have been talking about. This is free. This is nothing that we're not making any money off this thing. This is a map in which uh, every place that Jennifer and I visit and mention and write about or do a video about, we have posted on this map. But uh, that's uh, and that's a lot. But all the members, those who are joining the map and getting the app, again, it's all free, are posting their favorite spots. And we've got everything from restaurants and tourist attractions to campgrounds and boondocking spots, and it's growing every day. All those military campgrounds we just wrote about that uh, you'll find on rvlifestyle.com, our blog, you can find on that interactive map. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And you can always find the show notes at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts, plural, rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. So, so a wealth of information is available out there for you. And thank you for all of you who have shared yeah. your treasures. Really great stuff. And uh, we're looking forward to using them as we travel around uh, uh, the country as well. And we should give everybody uh, uh, a heads up as this episode is being released. It is the uh, 8th of uh, September. And um, we are, uh, have a few more days left in our giveaway in which we're giving away a uh, Soft Start RV. It's a $300 plus value. And this is that gizmo that will attach to the air conditioner, the top of your air conditioner on your roof, and it'll allow you to start out your air conditioner with low power drain. It's really a, a neat thing. And it's free. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes. Um, the folks at Soft Start RV are giving away three of them to three lucky winners. We'll pick their names at random, and we'll announce them this Sunday on our um, uh, Ask Us Anything show that we do on Facebook and YouTube at 7 o'clock every uh, uh, Eastern time every uh, Sunday night. So that will be pretty good. Well, we got lots of other things to talk about, including a surprising announcement from the Escapees RV Club. Uh, if you're planning on going to one of their gatherings, you will not want to miss uh, that. We'll get to that in a moment when we come right back. Fall is just around the corner, so it's time to start thinking about prepping for the off-season. And whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protected from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle or use the promo code RV60 at checkout. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. You're now looking at one of the most amazing solutions we've found for helping find great campsites. Just like Google Street View, but for campgrounds. We can now go and virtually tour campgrounds across the country thanks to CampgroundViews.com. 
They are directly integrated with recreation.gov and allow you to pick your dates and click on and pick sites that are available. You can then reserve your site directly from recreation.gov with confidence that the site is just what you want it to be. It's a game changer for all of us campers seeking great camping sites. I've been finding amazing camping sites all across the country using this tool, and it's live right now for members to use. Go to campgroundviews.com, get access to the solution, and watch and experience as they bring hundreds more of these locations online for us to tour. This is revolutionary technology at your fingertips right now. Go to campgroundviews.com, check out the brand new campground virtual tours, and finally, look where you're going. The big news is, as we continue with our podcast, is that escapees are now going to require people to show a vaccination card or that they've been tested 72 hours from when they want to join an activity and event, proof that they don't have COVID. This is a pretty aggressive, uh, and it's also a very controversial move by the Escapees RV Club. Um, yeah, I'm not telling anybody any secrets that you don't know that there's a lot of division about all of this in the country, and we don't want any of that here. No opinions, no yelling at anybody. But um, in the interest of news, it, it's important to, for everybody to know that. Uh, the Escapees Group just announced this uh, just a few days before we went to press here. And I'm going to quote from their website. It says, because the safety of our members and staff is our number one priority, proof of either full COVID-19 vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test will be required to attend an Escapees event. Uh, this was on their website. And escapees recommended that members be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 before attending any club event. The website uh, posting said participants who are not fully vaccinated must obtain a COVID-19 test not more than 72 hours, three days, before entering an event. And uh, they, they, they say that check-in. Uh, you will be asked to present a valid uh, Center for Disease Controls vaccination card showing that you're fully vaccinated uh, or the written results of that test that was performed within 72 hours. And then if an attendee doesn't have a test or has lost their vaccination card or is outside of the 72-hour window, uh, locations of the nearest testing facilities will be provided. Attendees will be required to self-isolate. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's... Um, until that negative uh, test yeah, until they comes, get a negative comes test. back. So, so that, it, it might be simpler just to uh, put it right on our hand, you know. Let's tattoo it on it. That, uh, let's, let's not go okay. there. Okay. No comments on any of this, but you need to know that. Uh, it, it, in terms of the big thing, uh, all the escapees events, a very popular RV club. They're all sold out for the rest of the year. I think there's a couple things that are open. But that's a pretty big change. And uh, as you can know, I'm sure they're getting some criticism pro and some affirmation of. Now, what about the Hershey show coming up next week? Well, uh, the last we've heard from Hershey, we did check with them. They say there is no uh, proof of vaccination needed uh, for such an event at the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And in terms of masks, they do urge you to bring a mask and they recommend, they're not going to require, but they recommend that you 
use the mask indoors if you go indoors uh, to look at the vendors inside the arena. So that uh, makes sense. Yep. So I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this on all sides. The situation is still very fluid and it changes, so make sure you know what's going on uh, wherever you're going with your RV in terms of uh, masks and proof of vaccination. So that's a, that's a pretty big story. All right, um, some of the other things that we have for you is what we have been now calling uh, kind of uh, uh, on the road and at the campground, seen and heard there. And we tend to share some fun photos that we've picked up. Uh, those of you who are watching us on YouTube, the uh, video version of this, uh, you will see what we're talking about here. But I think the rest of you will be able to pick it up or you can, uh, at your leisure, go over to our, the RV Lifestyle channel on YouTube and you can find this. Uh, the first of these is what we're calling an Airstream <laughs> truck camper. And I it, love it. It's a it's an old truck. It looks like an old Dodge truck, I think, uh, or maybe it's I can't really make out the name of it. But uh, an old truck. Somebody will correct me. I'm wrong if I'm wrong. Some of the car people, but they have mounted uh, and they customized uh, some kind of a camper system on it that looks just like an Airstream. I love it. It's not an Airstream. I, it, no, I, I love it. I think it looks great. It looks like an Airstream <laughs> on the back of the pickup truck as a camper. So that's a... That's I like of, it when people invent what they need. It is. It's very cool. And uh, the other one is... Uh, we love these pictures. This uh, was uh, posted on uh, uh, our RV Lifestyle Facebook group by Teresa Cook. And she called it Traffic Jam in Custer State Park. And uh, she shows some of the bison crossing the road. The bison. You just have to be there to appreciate how humongous they are. These gentle giants. And they do stop traffic when they decide to lay down or cross the road. or, And you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, because then that gentle giant wakes up. And right. there's always uh, somebody that's gored or chased by them. But uh, they're beautiful creatures. Uh, Teresa said that traffic jam that uh, that they caused there at Custer lasted an hour, <laughs> an hour. But what great pictures. Hey, you remember a couple of weeks ago when we had that picture of this elaborate cat uh, pen that somebody hooked up to their RV? Mm -hmm. Well, somebody else sent us a picture of another one. We call this the catio, not, <laughs> not patio, catio, Stacy Kidd. Uh, posted this and she said her new catio is made from her fifth wheel. The main catio does not need to be removed during transport. You see it at the back of their Montana fifth wheel. And uh, what they did is they cut out the back window and they inserted plexiglass. They cut it to fit a hole they cut in the window. When they removed the window, they put all plexiglass in and then uh -huh. they could cut a hole for plexiglass. And uh, your dogs can go in and out from the RV at will. And she's noting that a dog could do that as well. As so, a cat. But she calls a it... A small dog. A catio. No, that's... Yeah. Now... Gotta do what you gotta do. We just uh, came back from... Uh, driving all along uh, uh, I-65 up from uh, from Florida, really. But from Nashville up, we've noticed this the last few trips, a lot of cars going down there with young kids. Nashville's a huge place for partying kids, for bachelorette parties. And they're all putting on, on the back of their window, signs. Yeah. They uh, want you to give them money. Yeah. 21, they want you to buy them a drink. Finally, 21, buy me a drink. <laughs> 
Uh, and then uh, before the ring, Mrs. Harris will be your name. There's her Venmo card. And so they put this, uh, you know, like high school kids used to put it on when they graduate. Uh, they've got this on the back of their, uh, their, their vehicle window saying, uh, give them money with, uh, with Vendo. So uh, there's another one. Well, if it works, they, they, somebody must get some money or they wouldn't do this. Yeah, it's another one. There's another one for a bridal shower, and it's all out there. So it's, uh, it's, you never know. And then you took a picture of a really fun uh, overhead sign we saw on I-75 as we crossed uh, uh, into Ohio. Uh, yeah, day. it was telling people not to camp in the left lane, to camp in their campgrounds, but not in their left lane. You know how people get in that left lane and they drive there forever and ever and ever? Well, don't stay there. Don't stay there. A clever way to say pass and then get back where you should be. Yeah, and that was up on all these overhead all of uh, them. signs the, the whole way up I-75 uh, through the state of Ohio. All right, when we come back, the RV News of the Week. So please stay with us. We look forward to uh, sharing what's happening. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. When you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. If you've visited an RV park lately, surely, besides all the RVs, you've seen these e-bikes. Jennifer and I are proud e-bike owners, and the e-bike that we chose are Rad Power Bikes. America's number one e-bike brand offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes. Jen and I love our Rad Power Bikes. We use them to go around the campground, to explore the area we're in. I have the city bike version. Hers is the step-through model. And those are just two of a whole bunch of different models offered by Rad Power Bikes. All of them can reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course, you can also pedal, and you've got five different levels of pedal assist to make the going just a little bit easier and fun. You can go between 20 to 40 miles on a single charge. Now, here's the deal. You can save $75 off if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE at checkout. Plus, of course, free shipping. Welcome back, everybody, to the news of the week. And once again, the weather seems to be right at the top of the list. We still have those wild wildfires raging uh, out oh west. Oh, my goodness. They, they show no signs of ending. And uh, the U.S. Forest Service last week announced that all 20 million acres, 20 million acres of California's national forest will stay closed to all recreational use, including camping, until at least the 17th of September. And those people that are caught that decide they just can't resist it and they're going to camp anywhere where, anyway where they're not supposed to camp, there is a $5,000 fine for doing that. 
these wildfires are, are an issue still in uh, California and Oregon and Idaho and Montana and many other places. Uh, in, in Minnesota, there's been a fierce uh, battle for wildfires uh, as that state has had drought conditions. And they did get some rain and a little bit of cooler weather this past week. So yes, They're lucky. They're in Minnesota because now it, what's di- diminished uh, 45%. I yeah. mean, they've been able, with the help of nature and rain. And that was all in the uh, beautiful Superior National Forest in Minnesota. So uh, much, uh, uh, much needed relief up there, and that's good. But did you see about Isle Royale? Yeah, that they even had a fire there. Perhaps the most remote national park in America, uh, this island park in the middle of Lake Michigan, way north near the UP, uh, they had a But they're thinking that one got started by lightning. Right. Um, But in the last we heard, they had it not quite half contained, but even up there, that drought, uh, up in the middle of of Lake uh, Michigan, uh, that's... uh, Well, I'm glad it wasn't started by careless campers or people. Hey, there was a tragic story this past week uh, in an area that is where we camp a lot, which is uh, in northern Michigan uh, along the Rifle River. We've got some uh, private land that we're allowed to camp on there, some friends and family members own, and we have been there for uh, every year several times. But just a tragic story uh, along the rifle at a campground there. The owner of a campground asked the uh, Michigan Department of Natural Resources if he could clear out a bunch of the dead debris, you know how the river in the wintertime, all those trees accumulate, and he was told he couldn't. And lo and behold, a pre-med student... A camper. A camper at, and at his the, campground. Yeah. Drowned. A uh, big thing to do there in the rifle and many other rivers around the country is you too. You put an inner tube in. You let the current take you down, and he got caught up in the in the current, and it uh, pushed him into one of these areas where all these dead trees that the state would not let this guy clear out, and and he drowned. He drowned, and this twenty seven year old kid pushed into the current caught in that log jams that's terrible there are times when things need to be cleared out you can't leave a mess like that probably he was getting out of his canoe and the current got him or else he was just starting out wasn't familiar with tubing or canoes well the campground owner is furious at the state for not letting him clear that jam and of course uh, the state uh, they were contacted by the media and they said well you oh, know, no, no, no. <laughs> those log jams are an important part of wildlife habitat. And uh, then they said, well, the guy could have asked for a permit. Well, he, he says he did ask, and they told him he couldn't do it. So at any rate, this is a sad story. And uh, even a reminder, something as easy as inner tubing can be fraught with danger at times. Yeah, there's just common sense. Sometimes common sense has to prevail. Well, the RV industry, holy cow, it is still on a tear, and it continues to toot its own horn about that. New industry analysis is out, and it's predicting that, get this, that the RV market, the industry, is going to grow by $8.88 billion. $8.88 billion uh, between now and 2025 in North America. 
that is incredible. Uh, and they say what they're noticing is different generations now are embracing the RV lifestyle, and uh, it's all made possible by remote working and new technology. Um, it's pretty amazing. And COVID, people working out of their home, and then they're saying, hey, I can do this. Let's go see and travel the country and work out of an RV. I just hope that the industry realizes that all these RVs they're selling, we need more campgrounds. We need more campgrounds. And uh, uh, we need an educational system that the industry needs to get behind to teach people when they boondock, to boondock responsibly. So uh, it's, it's important. Um, what else is in the news? The chip shortage. The chip yeah, shortage. Yeah, the chip shortage. It's hard hey, to get try that. Try saying chip shortage. <laughs> yeah, fact. Yeah. Chip shortage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's getting harder to get a truck. Harder to get Other a truck? Other cars, but a truck for a lot of people that want that truck to pull oh. around their fifth wheel Yeah, trailer. fifth wheel or travel trailer. Uh, so they're saying that many of the North American factories uh, have to close again, the automotive and the truck factories, because the, the supply chain remains broken. They can't get the chips they need. Uh, they're blaming this that the Delta variant is, uh, of COVID is hitting Southeast Asia and that the chip factories there are closing. And that just has a ripple effect. And uh, the parts shortages, as we've been reporting here for months now, have been crippling the RV industry, uh, contributing to multi-year waits sometimes on new units. So no sign of that getting better quick. We've got to build a factory here to make those chips. I think they are. I think somebody's trying to. Somebody's got to do that. Well, let's end the News of the Week segment with some good news, shall we? Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. The timed entry requirements that have angered and frustrated so many of us as we've tried to get into national parks this season is ending in most places, most of the most popular. It was a summertime deal, and now that Labor Day is over, many of the national parks are going to end that timed entry ticketing requirement. And Glacier was the first to yep. end it. They just did that Monday, I think. Yeah, and at the end of the week, who are we going to have ending as well? Uh, Acadia? Yosemite, Acadia. Rocky Mountain. Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm -hmm. So ending the timed entry requirements where you had to go through and say, I'm going to enter at this time, get a permit, mm. and pay a fee. Now, that doesn't mean they're completely gone and they have a lot of discretion to do what they want. So always check with your always check. national park ahead of time. But that's good. Yeah. All right. When we come back, RV questions of the week. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. 
All RVers need specialized emergency transportation coverage to cover air and ground ambulances, return to home services, and vehicle return. You only have a 68% chance that those services will be completely covered by your major medical. The sad reality is that a lot of people believe they have that coverage, but it turns out most carriers that claim to cover air ambulances only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital transfer and offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place. The truth is 68% of air ambulances are hospital-to-hospital. Here's a map of all the places in the U.S., that getting to the hospital in the golden hour is not possible without an air ambulance. And with an average cost of $52,481 for an air ambulance, why would you take the risk? Go to peaceofmindforrvs.com today and take a look at the true emergency transportation coverage they offer that covers it all. The coverage can save your life and your life savings. Check it out, peaceofmindforrvs.com. Jennifer and I are members, and we urge you to consider it too. Peace of mind for RVs.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the RV Lifestyle Questions of the Week. Who's our first question from? It's from Art and Patches, his dog. I'm hoping to buy and travel with an RV by spring with my dog, Patches. I saw your episode on traveling with Bo. I know that I'll be limited in some circumstances to traveling or hiking away from the RV while keeping patches in the RV for one to two hours at the most, but I would like to go to parks, including national, state parks. Do you find restrictions affecting where you go and are going to stay because no dogs are permitted? And do apps really help answer these types of questions? Let me start with the easy part. The apps... They don't really help answer the questions. Uh, they don't really keep track of that as they as as you'd like. So an app isn't going to help it. But do you think that we are? Is there any place we haven't been able to take Bo at least? And a dog does limit where you can go, and how much joy you're going to have when you get there because you always have to be concerned, or else you can't go there because you know it's just a difficult situation. You have something else you have to deal with. You have to find a sitter for your dog, a responsible person to leave your pet with. If you're going to be gone, then that's a small price to pay. You love your furry little companion. But, yes, it does slow you down for your now, what you want to do. In terms of bringing your, your pet in your RV, uh, we have not found any national parks that says you can't do that. Um, there may be some, but I, none, none that we've encountered. However, once you're there, you're extremely limited in where you can take your dog out of the RV. Yes, most places you can take him on a leash, always, uh, or a rope, out of your camper or your RV in your own campsite. And if you're going to walk him through the campground, it has to be on a leash. But that's about it. Most of the national parks have strict requirements about walking a trail with a dog. They won't let you do it. And they ticket you. Grand Canyon, when we were there a few years ago, there was one trail where you could take yes. a dog. And, uh, and and it was a great time. It was a, it was yeah. a nice it was a nice trail. Yeah. So that's uh, but it, it limits you. You know, you really want to explore and you want to go ride a bike and it's hard to leave your pet. And then sometimes Bo will turn into a barking machine. He did. <laughs> he did. As we're recording this, we're outside. You might even be. You might have been hearing some wind occasionally through the microphones. But uh, as we're outside, uh, he started barking and he wouldn't stop. As there was a dog running by or a deer across the street. I don't know what it was. 
So we put him in the house, in our house, and he's still barking. Yes, because he wants to be outside with us. Um, So they're always, you know. And it's a little more complicated now because our pets are truly used to being with us 24-7 because of COVID. Now, yes, uh, one thing we can suggest to you, Art and Patches, is to use the app called Rover. Now, that's not going to so much tell you what you can do at parks and stuff, but Rover is where you can find a a qualified pet sitter who will either let you board your dog in their house overnight or, in many cases, uh, will come and watch your dog while you want to go out and do stuff. Uh, More often than not, you need to drop your dog off at their, their house but sometimes we've had them in uh, Louisiana. We had them actually come and pick up our dog and, and another dog and uh, watch him while a group of us campers went exploring. So uh, rover.com. And we just used that with Bo when we were in Nashville. We were, had to stay at a hotel for a family event. And um, Bo had a great time, you know. So. He did. And it, what's nice is uh, they sent pictures. We could see Bo interacting with other dogs and everything. So he was happy. All right, one more question, and this comes from Bill, and he says, Hey, I saw your YouTube live show the other day. Actually, it was on Facebook, but I saw it, and you were live from the road, and you said you were testing out that new Internet system that you've been talking about. Can you give us any more information? Uh, I can. It was We tried it just to see how well it worked. We were in rural Kentucky, and uh, we are driving down the road. Jennifer was driving, so I just went live with it, and... Uh, and it worked. This is it. This is actually what uh, what uh, I have, and uh, it's pretty cool. It looks looks weird, right? It's got <laughs> a number of these antennas, which you can set in different uh, orientations. And I usually keep these uh, top ones uh, facing one way, and then there's a couple on the bottom. And uh, you just you know you you pick up a signal. See how those antennas? They're kind of ugly, aren't they? <laughs> But I have a way to, and then there's a couple of them on the bottom that work. Uh, what this is, is a, a router, a dual router, and it's from a company called PetWave, P-E-P, PepWave. And uh, it is two routers in one. There are two SIM cards in here. One SIM card is for the AT&T network, and the other SIM card is for T-Mobile. And so as I travel down the road, this thing is constantly searching for the best signal. Uh, whether it's an AT&T network, and then if that gets weak, they, if, if T-Mobile is suddenly stronger, it will switch over to T-Mobile. I have been really impressed. We've been testing it now about a month. I've done uh, hour-long uh, Ask Us Anything uh, YouTube shows with it. We just tested it driving down the road. We've relied on it. it, it it's the best uh, router system, Wi-Fi router system that I have found yet for our RV. Now, that said, it's expensive. This thing costs about $900 for this dual one. Now, you can get a cheaper one, but the one that does the, the two, ba- two, uh, two different carriers, about $900. And then the monthly rate is about $129. And it's from a company called internetonthego.net. Internetonthego.net. And uh, I, I'm really impressed with it. If you have to have reliable coverage... This is the one to get, at least I think so. So we're going to buy that router and we're going to uh, subscribe to this service. Now, 
this is a short-lived thing. I think only a couple of years will I need that because hopefully in two years, Starlink, which has that network, that constellation of low-orbiting Earth satellites that uh, is, uh, is about ready to become, it's already launched for, mo for uh, fixed locations, but they'll get enough of them out, they want to do it for mobile, and well, that'll be a game changer for RVs. So That's our RV questions of the week. We love to hear from you. The best way to reach us is just to email us your questions, Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. That's our address. And if you would do so, um, send us a video. Just take your phone and do a selfie, ask him, and um, email that as an attachment, and we'll be able to answer your questions. Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. All right, when we come back, the interview of the week. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash hh, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash hh. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds? Competing for reservations? Paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. Jennifer and I visited the Landings, a lakefront community just west of Nashville, Tennessee, that offers incredible lakefront RV properties up to 70 times the size of typical RV lots with frontage on the biggest lake in Tennessee. We loved it. The scenery is breathtaking, and you own it outright. Not a timeshare. Your property, your way. You can have your own private dock. You can landscape, garden. They're pet-friendly. It's gated and secure with high-speed internet. There's even free RV and boat storage. A wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations. It's ready whenever you want. Dockable lakefronts starting at only $59,900. There's financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit rvlakes.com. That's rvlakes.com. Welcome back, everybody. And now what you've been waiting for, the interview of the week. We're going to interview a woman named Cynthia Waldrop, and Cynthia has a delightful tale, and is uh, is just really when we when we interviewed her, we usually try to keep our interviews around, you know, ten to fifteen minutes, and she just was so delightful and has so many great tips. Cynthia is a just retired this year high school teacher. She's sixty five years old, and she is a solo full time RVer. She just started that lifestyle. And she has so much to share. She does. And she's going to encourage those of you who are on the fence, not sure you want to do this, to do it. So with no further ado, our interview of the week and Cynthia Waldrop. Well, we're delighted now to be joined by Cynthia. And Cynthia, it's a pleasure to, uh, to see you here today. 
Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. I see all those. Everybody's going to want to know, is that your RV? But those <laughs> look like a bunch of Coleman lanterns. Is that what we see behind you? No, but I do have one Coleman lantern in my RV. But those uh, are Coleman son... lanterns behind you, are they not? Yes, yes. That's my son's collection. Okay. Uh, this is actually in his garage, and uh, he collects and restores old Coleman lanterns. Okay. And uh, But I do have one in my RV that he did for me. Good, good for I think we did <laughs> that's, that's great. So, Cynthia, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and about what RV you're traveling in. I have uh, a Kodiak Cub uh 196 i hope i'm saying that correctly bunkhouse and i got the bunkhouse i'm single uh but i got the bunkhouse for the grandkids uh who i wanted to travel with me at times and fifth uh, wheel? this is the fifth wheel you have or, or no travel? no it's a 19 foot a travel trailer um kodiak cub and um it's uh a 2021 so um, I'm 65 years old, and um, I had taught, I taught high school for 29 years. I really wanted to do 30 years of teaching, but COVID in the classroom sort of took its toll on me a little bit um, mentally. It was, it was hard on all teachers. And... Yeah, um, my mother was in assisted living, and I could not be with her from March all the way to her death in December. And so that was that made it a difficult year. And then she passed away December the 18th. I am an empty nester. Uh, my younger son lives in Virginia. My older son in the military here in New Jersey, where I am right now. And um, the school year was coming to an end. My mother had left me a little money. And it had always been a dream of mine to have an RV. I had been looking at them for years and years and years. My parents uh, raised me camping, traveling, all the national parks. My sons and I both, I've hiked with both of them. Uh, we always choose the great outdoors. A couple of years ago, we got together at Shenandoah and stayed in uh, one of the little lodgings there. So I've always been happiest outdoors, um, exploring, traveling. It hasn't been unusual at all for me. I don't like to fly to get in the car and drive from Texas to Virginia to see one son, Texas to Albuquerque, Texas to New Jersey to see the other. So it just kind of all came to a head in um, April and May. And I started thinking, I'm tired. Um, I would always stay there because mom was in the area but now she's gone and passed on. My sons don't even live in the state of Texas anymore. She left me a little money, which gave me the ability to do this. So I just went for it. It was a it's huge, huge, oh. sir. 
Yeah, it's it's a huge step. Yes, yes, it is. I, I mean, it was uh, a huge step. What? And I was very afraid. W- will I be able to afford this? My younger son helped form a budget spreadsheet for me. Um, I started looking at the idea of getting an RV, and if I looked outside for other people's opinions, I would have fifty different opinions of if I should or not. Eventually, you just have to look to yourself. What decision? I know I'm fearful of getting out and leaving a sticks and bricks. I was in an apartment at the time. But and leaving a job that I loved that really defines me and has defined me for a very, very long time. So I'm going into the unknown. What in the world is a black water tank? Uh, what's the difference between the black and the gray? Don't um, ask Jennifer because she doesn't know. That's my job. But it's going to be your job now. Yes. And the biggest fear is should I spend the money? Uh, I'm 65. Should I spend that money? Should I hang on to it? I'm probably going to need it for an assisted living or something someday. Um, should I... Um, Am I going to be able to learn to pull this trailer? Am I going to be able to learn to back back it up? And um, but finally, it really comes down to how disappointed would I be if I did not even tackle it wow. with my fears? And I had to go for so it. Well I just had to do it. You have to do so, what your uh, heart tells you to do. Yes, uh, no. and I thought about my parents a lot. And they did a lot of hunting, and they would travel with a little fifth wheel hunting in Colorado sometimes. And we were always on deer leases when I was growing up. Uh, we were always camping. Uh, and I thought they would want me to. They, they, they would, yeah, they would want so, me to. So now let me see if I understand the story. So you um, started off early this summer then. You yes. moved out of the apartment. Uh, did you put stuff in storage or did you yes. sell everything? Yes, I have a 10 by 10 storage uh, in Bernie, just north of San Antonio a little bit. Uh, I gave away some of my furniture. Um, I gave some of it to friends. I gave my furniture uh, to people who had helped me over okay. the years. Uh, I didn't really sell anything. Um, I To tell you the truth, it was time of COVID. I really didn't want a lot of people coming to the apartment. And... Yeah. It just felt better. It just felt good to give some of it away and to give back to some people. So you made that break. What did your friends and your relatives, obviously your your sons approved because they helped you with this and they understand that. But what did your friends say when you say, you know, I'm moving out of the apartment, I'm buying an RV and bye. (laughs) What did they tell you? I am very blessed because they were very supportive they were very very supportive of it because they know me so well and they knew that staying there and continuing to teach and living there uh with both of my parents gone now with my son so far away and they knew how much i liked to travel to see my sons and how i always wanted to see things while i was traveling and on the road um Every vacation, every spring break, every summer vacation from teaching, I was gone. Uh, 
So, so then uh, you, you were used to this lifestyle. How did what you thought it would be and what your past experiences were jibe with you actually now doing it? How have those two meshed? What are the things you've learned? And what was harder than you expected? What was easier? Give us a sense of, of your experiences now that you've actually done it. After I purchased the RV, it was about an hour and a half away at a dealership uh, away from me, about an hour and a half away. And I had to get it to the RV resort. I still had a couple of months left to teach. And I wanted to have that time with it, learning it, stationary, before I took a trip in it. So the the most frightening thing was I had to, I had bought the truck, which was a big experience because I went from a little Corolla to a 2500 Dodge Ram. I think I received the most comments about that. You don't need that big of a truck. <laughs> yeah. But I fell in love with the truck, and um, I thought if I ever upgrade from a 19-foot to something a little bigger, because I had a lot of dealerships tell me this 19-foot, is you're going to feel cramped after a while. It's not going to be big enough for you. But somehow I just knew I'd be okay with it, because through the years I've been downsizing, so why not just keep going? And um, and I wanted, didn't want to worry about any mountains because I knew I loved to go to the mountains and I didn't want to, and I knew I would be full time in it, which I am. So I just, I, I wanted the bigger truck, um, which was an experience, uh, especially when you have um, a salesman on the truck lot uh, turning to you and saying, does your no- husband know you're out here doing this? <laughs> Yeah, I bet. So that's it's been experience to to go as a single older woman to go into buying a trailer hitch for it to buying the lock the lock that goes on the hitch to buying the trailer to buying the truck um, that's where I received uh, I think the most advice not necessarily from my friends but from salesmen uh, who thought they knew better than I did. And I'm sure they do. But um, anyway, uh, so I'm going to have to pull this trailer for the very first time in my entire life, pulling anything at all from the dealership an hour and a half back uh, to Bernie through San Antonio. And so um, I found a, an RV transporter uh, a very nice older man who uh, hauls RVs for people. And I called him up and I said, I don't want you to haul it for me. I want you to ride with me while I pull it. And so really? he met me at the dealership. I paid him for the day and he rode shotgun with me for the very first time I ever pulled it. And uh, it was a great experience because he was constantly talking to me. You want to watch out for this turn. You want to pull a little wider. You're doing fine. You want to slow down a little bit. And um, and then he got me into uh, the parking space at the RV. And by this time, I had gone through the dealership, spent about two hours showing everything to me and teaching it to me. But I videotaped it on my phone while they were talking. And I 
and I videoed what they were showing me on the trailer. And so I had hours and hours in my apartment to go through the video, stop, start, stop, start, and take my notes. And then I went through my notes with this gentleman. Walt is his name. I went through my notes with Walt. And uh, a few other people over the next few weeks until I fine honed it down to what I thought uh, were the step-by-steps that I need to do. So I paid him about three weeks later. I paid him again to come out. And this time I needed to be more hands-on. So he watched me disconnect everything. And uh, we hooked it up. He drove around town with me for a couple of hours. We went into my high school where I was teaching, my parking lot, empty on a Saturday. And uh, he taught me the basics of backing up uh, into the parking spaces. So I was getting my feet wet. I was getting my toes wet. But nothing you that I had stop you for one, one second here because I've never heard of that before. And that is such a good idea. How did you find Walt? If other people who are the, I know people say, uh, the dealership, the so dealership. You said who handles who hauls? What? what yeah, a smart I was thing talking now. to. Yeah, I was talking to my salesman, and I said, "I'm concerned. How am I going to get this trailer to Bernie? I've never hauled anything before." And they gave me Walt's card, and they said he'll take it for you. And then I had a better idea. He'll take me. I'll take him. So, what so I called him and I said, would you, I know you haul for people, but would you do this for me? Would you ride along with me? Great idea. Uh, oh, that is what, that's the best advice for anybody, what you did. And what awesome. you said about videotaping, yeah. the walkthrough, as they call it in the industry. And we've been advocating that for years, and uh, and it's so good to have you uh, reaffirm what we've been saying. So since then, you obviously have gone from Texas to uh, all the way to the East Coast in New Jersey. Yes. Uh, I would yes. imagine other places. What other things have you learned along the way that you would want to share to maybe encourage other people who are thinking about this? It was... Um... When I finally left Bernie, when everything was said and done, everything's in the storage, I'm out of the apartment, I'm ready to go. Uh, I think I have the trailer inside as I want it. I think I've packed things up. You can tell what's coming. Uh, I set out from San Antonio, Texas to uh, Kinder, Louisiana, where Cachetta, um Casino has a very nice RV resort. Uh, I violated rule number one by going too far the first day. Um, I believe I learned from you the the number three, the uh, three hundred or three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I it's went beyond. Three, we give you a little longer. We give you three thirty. So three o'clock, <laughs> three thirty, or three hundred thirty miles. You went a long way from San Antonio. Past the tech, the Louisiana border, then. Yes, yes, I did. I went to Lake Charles and then went up north to Cachetta. But unfortunately, uh, Texas is having huge renovation on the highways construction, and there was nothing but construction from San Antonio all the way to like Lake Charles. Oh and I didn't realize it at the time, but as I'm bobbing along and being jostled along in the truck. I had no idea what was happening in the trailer behind me. 
I thought everything was secure. But when I arrived in at Cachetta after dark, setting up I, with the mosquitoes yeah. and everything after dark, and this was my very first day. We're, we're only smiling because then they're done that. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I opened that trailer door. It was as if a tornado had gone off in there. And But what was so amazing to me, Corel dishes, unbreakable, actually do break. And, uh, and uh, But what was so amazing is above the sink, there's a cabinet that I really have to pull hard on to get to open. And I have to really push to get it to shut. What happened is at some point along that journey, that cabinet door flung open, flung out all of my Corel and everything else in it, and somehow managed with such violent force somewhere along the way to shut it again. It was, complete, <laughs> it was completely shut. So I and spent all this didn't, this didn't discourage you in the least. You continued on. No. Well, I'm in it now. I mean, I'm committed. There's no apartment to go back to. I have this truck. I, I have a 2017 truck. I have a new trailer and I'm determined. I think the two things that come to mind, we may get discouraged. And I had a lot of discouragement on that trip, but I was determined. I, I wanted this to work. I needed this to work. And um, so I woke up in Louisiana the next morning, uh, ready for my second travel day. And I just remember lying there on my four inch foam mattress <laughs> on top of the horrible mattress that came with it. Yeah. I love Kodiak. The, the trailer's been just great, but that mattress. So I remember lying there. I think I laid there for a couple of hours and just to get up and get going again. But that was kind of my defining moment. You know, I lay there. I was really nervous. Can I do this? I'm going to have to get in it and go again. But I need to back up when you asked me what gave me the most trouble. Uh, the thing that gave me the most anxiousness was not pulling it on the highway and doing turns well. I can do all of that. And I really actually took a great amount of pride and joy looking in the mirror and seeing it behind me. That was just an excitement um, to know that it was finally behind me. I've wanted this for years, and I'd always dreamed about it. And thanks to my parents, it was finally coming true. And I was, I was just so proud that, that I was in that truck and pulling it. But the very first day, uh, and everybody had said, well, here it is, getting gas. That gave me the greatest anxiety yeah. the first few days because everyone had said, well, first of all, the truck guzzles like no tomorrow. I, I'm not used to that from my little Corolla to this truck. Uh, so I watched the needle quickly, quickly, quickly. So when I had about a fourth of a tank, I started looking, which is a mistake. I start now at half a tank. I start looking for a place at half a tank. But at fourth of a tank, I'm in the middle of Houston. 
And I have discovered, I already know from a few hours experience, I'm not going to exit in the middle of Houston to try to get gas. And so I find everyone had told me the big truck stop areas. So on the edge of Houston, there was a sign that said I could go to one of the big truck stops. In my ignorance, I had always seen trucks there. If a truck can get in there, I can get in there. So I pulled into where the trucks go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know that they don't have any gas for me there. They only no. have diesel there. And so I looked over at where all the cars are getting the unleaded. And I thought, there's no way I can get in there. I can't get in there. And it was on a two, I had gone down five miles off the interstate onto a little two lane road with all these huge semis because somewhere there's a big truck center at the end of that road. And I ended up, I couldn't get any gas. So I ended up back on the highway after going terrible little, horrible little neighborhood roads where the GPS is taking me. And the trailer's just going crazy back there, bouncing in all the potholes and everything. And then I finally am able to stop somewhere and get gas. And But then I discovered, I started researching on all the internet sites. I pulled over on the side of the road. How do I do this? How do I manage this gas situation? And they said, look at the satellite uh, of the gas stations coming up. So that's what I started doing. Using and, Google uh, Earth, yes. Yeah. Yes, so I could see this looks pretty big here. And so long story short, it, it just started getting easier and easier. And I would pull into some places and reject it and go on down the road. Um, and I always take the outside tanks the outside yeah. but the biggest thing that helps me more than anything at all is when i'm ready to leave uh and pull away from the gas pump when i'm ready to leave the outside pumps i will actually walk leave the leave the camper there and i will walk my exit through the gas station so, you so know i will where to turn what not to uh, hit when you're pulling out well, right. Cynthia, we have uh, went way over on the interviews. <laughs> uh, we want to tell everybody that uh, on the RV Lifestyle blog, uh, with this interview and our podcast, we will have a, a full uh, story from Cynthia of uh, of advice of, of how she processed this. And uh, I don't want to end the interview with with the frustration. You've been doing this now enough. I can see in your face that you like this mm -hmm. lifestyle. Yes. Um, yes. Just a couple quick takeaways for somebody who, if you could have talked to yourself a year ago, you're talking to people in our audience who are where you were a year ago. Um, what would you tell them? Uh, particularly the single older woman who, who has some traveling that she wants to do in an RV. The same advice that I read other older single women putting out there in blogs and on the Facebook post, yes, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. Absolutely. And, and it is worth it. Oh, at the end, you. at the end of the first week, um, there was no doubt in my mind. I wasn't afraid of the gas anymore. Um, 
There's people along the way to help. There are tons of people. You pull into any RV place, state park, or wherever, and there's somebody there that's going to help you. Always. You have you have found a whole new community that I bet you never knew existed. Uh, because and I'm keeping a, a journal, time. and I'm writing down how these people helped me because I would love to write about the people along the way at some well, point. We're hoping that we see some more stuff by you as we continue with our RV lifestyle travel blog. I know people are going to be delighted to uh, to listen to your story over again and to share it with others. And Cynthia, we'll Thank probably you. have you back in another six <laughs> months and find out what else you learned. As the adventure I'll, continues. Yeah. I will take notes for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your Thank time. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're going to be hearing more from Cynthia because we're going to ask her to write some articles as she travels across this country for our blog. There are so many solo female travelers. I would say that there is not a week that goes by that we don't get a question from a, a widow or a single female who's um, up in age. I mean, you know, senior citizens or whatever they want to call people of, of uh, over 60. Uh, and, they, and they say they're going to do it. They've got that sense of adventure, but they have all these questions. And so I think Cynthia and her experience as a newbie, as she answers and solves these things, I think there'll be a lot of interest. And you can find her, her first installment of it, really, in the show notes of this episode at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. So you'll have some fun. All right, next up, and uh, before we wrap up, we want to try and share some tips that we get every now and then. And this week, our tip of the week is... Uh, it's a pretty simple one, and Jen's going to demonstrate it. <laughs> Ziploc bags. Wow. People introduced me to these a long time ago. You can get fancy with the vacuum bags if you want, but I like just uh, Ziploc bags. I like the freezer ones if I'm going to freeze things, or the sandwich bags. You can get these with like three different sizes in a box, all these different Ziploc bags. I like to put things in the bag and then put it in the refrigerator I particularly like using the freezer to store things. It just seems like I can get more food, in. Food, yeah. I, food, yeah. I, in the freezer, I can get more in with these Ziploc bags. And you can use them for just about anything. Mike likes to put his batteries in here. He, you can see easily what you have in the bag. You can write right in, on the top. In right. The write what you've what got in there. You know how many uses you have for bags. You can carry, put rubber bands, paper clips, anything that you think you might need, safety pins, Q-tips. I mean, you name it. These bags are great because you can see what you've got in there, and they don't take up a lot of room. And they don't and they're rattle. Not heavy. You don't have stuff rattling around. And the other thing we do is like dry goods, like um, cereal or granola, instead of a box or a big package. Just, you know, put get that a big in bag. one of these bags. Get a and, big bag, pour it in. You know, and it, they compress down and they seal up tight. Things stay fresher longer. Yes. Um, so, um, uh, you know, we've we've got all sorts of fuses. I've got a bag for fuses. And um, that's our tip. It's just a simple one, you <laughs> simple know. Simple tip. And uh, uh, it's one you should try. But instead of having boxes and stuff, and, you know, when you look at, where do I go to store stuff? Space Think about a bag. is at a premium. Yeah. In our small spaces. Even in a big class A, space is still... Even people will take lettuce. You know, you buy a box of lettuce, you put your greens in a bag. So many different uses for this. Yeah. 
All right. If you've got a tip, we would love to hear your tips. Send it along to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. And with that, episode 361 is over. Wherever you are, we hope you can get out and enjoy the beautiful fall weather that's coming. Be safe, everybody. Happy trails.